Welcome to Morning Soap. At Fusion Church, our desire is that every believer would not just attend church, but also hear from God daily through His Word. As we read the Bible, we begin to see how God responds to things. Doing daily devotions repatterns the way we think, transforms the spirit of our mind, and helps us become more like Jesus. Join us here, Monday through Friday, as various pastors and leaders at Fusion Church share devotion and teaching through that day's soap scripture. Download the current soap reading plan at fusionchurch.cc soap. Well, good morning, everybody. I hope you all are doing well. I'm excited to be jumping into Joshua chapter 3 on June 1st here. Joshua chapter 3 we'll be getting into uh, this morning and uh, and really seeing what God has for us uh, in his word. I hope you guys are having a good Thursday. Um, let's pray. Let's get into the word. Let's see what he has for us today um, with what is going on with Joshua and the Israelites moving in. Um, all right, so let's pray. Father, we just come to you this morning with our hearts open and our minds ready to receive your word. Lord, we just pray that um, you just illuminate your word for us, that you give us uh, lessons, uh, that you give us direction, that you give us clarity in our lives where we need it. Uh, Lord, we just pray for you and your presence this morning. We pray for you and your presence wherever we may be listening to this, um, whether this is later on or it's currently this morning, um, whether you're on your way to work or you're in your home enjoying coffee or something. Lord, we just uh, we pray that your presence be magnified this morning. Lord, I surrender myself to you, that this be your word and not my own, that you teach even me and so that we can grow closer to you uh, every morning. In Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. And amen. All right. So we're in Joshua chapter three today. Um, and this one's a good one, man, because this is that good uh, Jordan River crossing, man, 40 years going through so much turmoil uh, throughout that we've read in Exodus and Deuteronomy there, really seeing uh, the ups and downs of um, of Israel. Uh, moving through Moses, not even getting to this, but then it's now passed to Joshua uh, and just getting to see this. And so now here we are in chapter three, um, and I'm reading out of the NLT. So uh, verse one, early the next morning, Joshua and all the Israelites left Acacia Grove and arrived at the banks of the Jordan River, where they camped before the crossing. Three days later, the Israelite officers went through the camp, giving these instructions to the people. When you see the Levitical priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your positions and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half mile behind them. Your Bible may read 200 or 2,000 cubits. Uh, and distance uh, behind him, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Then Joshua told the people, sanctify yourself for tomorrow. The Lord will do great wonders among you. Verse six in the morning, Joshua said to the priest, lift up the ark of the covenant and lead the people across the river. And so they started out and went ahead of the people. 
the Lord told Joshua, today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of the Israelites. They will know that I am with you, just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. So Joshua told the Israelites, come and listen to what the Lord your God says. Today you will know that the living God is among you. He will surely drive out the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Parasites, Girgashites, Amorites, and Jebusites, and all the otherites uh, among you. Uh, look, the Ark of the Covenant, uh, which belongs to the Lord of the whole earth, will lead you across the Jordan River. Now choose 12 men from the tribes of Israel, one from each tribe. The priest will carry the Ark of the Lord the Lord of all the earth, as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will cut off upstream and the river will stand like a wall. So the people left their camp to cross the Jordan and the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant went ahead of them. It was the harvest season. This is important to note. It was a harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. But as soon as the feet of the priest who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point <clears throat> began backing up a great distance away at a town called Adam, which is near Zarethan. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by. They waited there until the whole nation of Israel had crossed the Jordan on dry ground. The word of the Lord. All right. So what are we talking about today? This, there's a huge parallel with this and the Red Sea crossing, right? Huge parallel. Uh, but a couple differences that we see. Number one is that this is a time that God is not only uh, setting up Joshua as the leader of Israel at this time, the human leader of Israel, right? He's verifying this in front of everybody through this miracle. He's making sure that, like, he, Joshua knows he's called, right? Joshua knows he is chosen by God. He's communicating with God. Uh, we see all the way at the beginning of Joshua 1, so just a couple days ago, uh, in verse 8, right? He's telling him to study his word. He's, he's saying, hey, before I recognize you in front of everybody, I need you to get closer to me. And that's one of the huge things that I want us to take away from here is that the Lord's calling isn't going to go away, but also what comes with the Lord's calling is responsibility. And that we see that he's going to verify his calling in front of everyone publicly with this crossing miracle here at the Jordan. 
Uh, but what happens is chapters ahead, he's telling him, study my work, study my law, meditate on it, be in my presence, right? And so we see that that's what we need to do in our daily lives, like we're doing right now, reading his word, studying his word. You know, when we're not on here, we should be having our own private time with the Lord, meditating on his word. What is it trying to communicate and say to me? How is it applicable properly to my life with what I'm reading? These are spiritual principles that we see that God has called people in the Bible to do as an example for us. All right. Um, so we see that he's going to travel into the earth. Now, one of the interesting, I don't know why, but numbers sometimes jump out at me in the Bible. Like, what is what is the significance of this? Uh, and so there's kind of a huge part. If you're reading out of like New King James or uh, anything else, you see the word cubits in, in here versus um, like maybe it says was it like a thousand yards uh, is some translations say and here in the new living translation stay about a half a mile behind the Ark of the Covenant. So this this huge separation between the Ark of the Covenant going across and into the Jordan River and the rest of Israel, right? 2000 cubits, that is six and 6.67 times the length of Noah's Ark. Noah's Ark was only 300 cubits long. This is a huge span of distance um, between the two. So what is that trying to significantly say? Number one, it's really trying to say, guess what? This is all God. The Ark of the Covenant's going before them so far advanced that you can't say any of this is due to anything else. That this is God leading his people. That everybody can see the ark. There's no, nobody's getting in the way of being able to see the Ark of the Covenant leading the nation of Israel. That this nation is led by God and God alone. Right? And it's very, very plain and evident. Other thing, holiness, separation. That God is holy above anything and everything else. And so that there needs to be a separate distance from anything that is not as holy as him. And so there's, it's representative, if you will, that you see this huge distance between the two. Um, right. Other part, Joshua then tells the people to purify or otherwise sanctify yourselves. He goes around and tells people, get ready because not only is this physically what God is calling us to do, but this is a spiritual battle we're about to go into. We're going to go into and take over the promised land. God will drive out the Canaanites, Hittites, Hivites, Parasites, Gegershites, and all the other ites, right? All the itis is out of here. We're getting rid of this. But the battle belongs to the Lord. But many times that we see when the battle belongs to the Lord, we see that what happens is God is still telling you to be prepared, right? Get prepared. Do the right thing. I need you to prepare your spirit just as much. You need to, if we don't prepare our spirit for the battle that's to come, if we don't prepare ourselves 
to understand it, guess what? We're not actually opening our spiritual eyes to see and understand and take on that God is the one that's leading the charge, that God is the one that already has the victory, that God is the one alone that we should be praising and loving and following every day of our life. When we just live in our flesh and we're uh, maintaining of those earthly distractions, we're not sanctifying ourselves, we're not separating ourselves to be with him, be closer to him, and purify our hearts and open our eyes to see the spiritual battle that's taking place. Many of us, that's a lot of times what happens when we get into a a stressful situation, when we get into uh, bad news that comes our way, when we get into maybe it's just ramifications of, guess what, our own bad decisions, right? Sometimes we have to get into all of that when we're dealing with problems. We need to sometimes step away from all of the earthliness. We need to step away from all of the distractions, all of the uh, other things, any other way that we use to cope with issues like that, that's more earthly or wet or fleshly, if we will, using our Christianese terminology here, any of that fleshly desire stuff that we need to separate ourselves from that. And say, God, you're the one I'm trusting. You're the one I'm believing has already claimed the victory in whatever the situation, even if it's due to my own stupid thinking, or it's something that the enemy's coming against me at. No matter what it is, when you're going into something, we need to recognize that there is a spiritual component to whatever battle that we're about to go into. And it's always best to take time to purify and sanctify yourself to the Lord and him alone. So sanctify yourselves, purify yourselves for tomorrow. The Lord will do great wonders among you. Tomorrow. So today, what do we need to do? We need to be in the presence of the Lord. Today, what do we need to do? We need to read his word. Today, what do we need to do? We need to muster up our strength of our faith. Muster up the faith in which we hold dear and say, God, today I am believing that I'm going to sanctify myself for you so that I can see you do amazing wonders tomorrow. That's something we need to have in our spiritual walk and our disciplines and the way that we operate when we come into things. And so uh, he continues on, and today I will bring, you know, he's taught, and so the Lord is talking to Joshua here in verse 7. Today I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of all the Israelites. Understand he's making a distinction right here in the eyes of all the Israelites. You're already a great leader because I've called you, whether they know it or not. Some of y'all need to hear this. What God has called you to, he already knows, and you need to already know that you have been called to do this, whether they need to, whether other people know it or not. If you know without a shadow of a doubt within your personal time with the Lord that you have got a calling from the Lord, go forth and do great things. The Lord at his time will make it known to other people at the right time. 
He didn't do this right at the moment Moses died and Joshua took over. He's doing it now at the river crossing. He's doing it at the time God is prescribing to make it known to other people. But that doesn't need, that doesn't mean that you, if you know you have a calling of the Lord on your life for something, you don't need to wait for other people to say yes to it. You need to go forth and start doing great things. You need to go forth and start reading your word, getting more into. That's why I brought up going back to Joshua 1 in verses in verse 8, 1, study this book of instruction continually, meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Start preparing for the calling of the Lord on your life now before he makes it known to other people. Before he makes it known to other people, he will do his work on his time. Don't you worry about that. You worry about, are you preparing for what God is calling you to do? They will know that I am. And I, I, I circle that in myself, like I am, because that's, that's, again, God's way of, I remember he is the I am when he talks to Moses. Know that I am with you. With you. I am with you, just as I was with Moses. Give this command to the priests who carry the ark. Today, you will know that the living God is among you, verse 10. But here's the other thing. I kind of get, like, chopped up with this a little bit. It's almost as if you didn't know that before. There's almost like an annoyance that I kind of, at least I'm taking it this way. Maybe it's just my conviction or whatever. But today you will know that the living God is among you. Wait, you didn't know that before? You didn't know that from your dad's stories about crossing the Red Sea? You, you didn't know that before with your dad's stories about everything else that Israel did for 40 years in the wilderness and how God provided manna out of nowhere every morning but Sunday. You know, you didn't, you didn't know that before, but so now today you're going to know that. I don't know, to me, I'm just, that's where I'm like, man, we need to know that God is with us no matter how we feel, no matter how we either are perceiving his presence or not. And this is a more magnified presence of him when he's actually doing uh, a miracle in front of them. And yes, it's like, it's verification. Uh, and I get what God is really saying here, but there's also a level of like, wow. And this is what Joshua told the Israelites, right? So this isn't even God saying it to Joshua. This is Joshua told the Israelites, today you will know that the living God is among you. So again, because the Israelites are always this, they're always questioning. They have like a 10 second memory, right? After 10 seconds, they don't forgot what happened. They just keep forgetting. 
Today you will know that the living God is among you. How many times do I have to do a river crossing miracle uh, every day? Do we? Does God have to do something ridiculously miraculous every day for you to just have faith that he is with you no matter how bad you feel no matter how good you feel no matter how maybe it's just a bland day maybe it's hey i got a case of the mondays or whatever the case may be that you know that god is with you regardless without a shadow of a doubt without needing a crazy miraculous sign all the time don't we know that God is with us regardless? That's where faith comes in. That's where we have to focus in on our faith and knowing that whether I am loving this day, whether I am just having a, the best day of my life, or whether uh, I'm having a, maybe a terrible day, that no matter what is going on, God is with me. God is with me regardless. So we see that there's a part where I love this is soon. And so this is right when they start. And, um, and then the priest will carry the ark in the Lord. Uh, as soon as their feet touch the water, the flow of water will be cut off upstream and the river will stand like a wall. So he's proclaiming this and then they do it. And exactly that, uh, as their feet touch the water upstream a good amount of ways, uh, this is where it goes all the way up to the city of Adam, which is actually, I, I wish I had a map for this, but it's really cool to kind of watch it. If you look at this on a map and you look at the Jordan River that uh, runs down into the Dead Sea, and um so directly a little bit across from where Jericho is going eastward, that's that uh, river crossing site. And then up there, I forgot how far it is, but Adam is up there. And that's basically where uh, the wall of water starts. Now, if you look at this on a map, you're going to see uh, the, the Jordan River looks pretty thin. It doesn't look massive. It doesn't look massive. It's not. But this is why this word is huge, where it says it was the harvest season and the Jordan was overflowing its banks. So when you see this, there's actually that uh, the Jordan River is actually it's pretty wide. You're going to be considered considering like a super wide river. Um, maybe something similar to us, if you've ever seen uh, the really widest areas of the Mississippi River. It's massive. It's really consuming to the point where actually the arc goes a half a mile into the river. It's probably a mile wide is what's going on. And that the Ark goes half a mile into it, and then the nation of Israel hasn't even started crossing the river yet. It's extremely wide, and the waters were so much higher. And it goes all the way back. It just stops, a wall of water. And then the rest of the water continues down into the uh, Dead Sea. And it just it creates dry land right there. And so there's no way of this just stopping on its own. This is clearly a miracle of God. 
because the moment that they their feet, the priest feet that are holding the ark touch that water, it just stops and you see it start draining out. This wall of water would be so huge that all the way up at the city of Adam, you would actually be able to see it having stopped up there. And then they move on to this. Now, here's the other cool thing. This same site, as tradition holds, this same site is the site where Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan. This was also the same site that where, and later we'll read in uh, tomorrow, as they set up stones as a memorial, this is all this is all also the same area, excuse me, the same area that when John the Baptist was baptizing and he called out the Pharisees, he was referring to stones. And so if we jump over, it's in Matthew 3. And in verse 9, it says, don't just say to each other, we're safe for we are descendants of Abraham. He's talking to the Pharisees here. Uh, that that means nothing for I tell you, God can create children of Abraham from these very stones. And he's pointing to the stones that, uh, were put together as a memorial for this, uh, crossing as tradition holds that he's, so all of this is ha has happened in the same area, same area. But we see that the overflowing of its banks, this is a huge body of water um, that uh, you got to really look at, look at it from like a satellite map. And you can kind of really see a little bit where, wow, there used to be a lot of water there, but the water has really, really subsided uh, compared to biblical times to what we're living in now. Uh, the Jordan River is definitely not what it used to be. Um, it is much, much smaller and thinner. But soon as the feet of the priest who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water above that point being backed up a great distance away at a town called Adam. And the water below that point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry. Then all the people crossed over near the town of Jericho. Here's the point. On God's perfect timing, he will make a way. He didn't part the waters. He didn't start the dam of water of uh, holding that up uh, with the hand of God until the feet of the priest touched exactly the water that honestly, when looking at it, they would have figured I don't think that this is possible. This is a new thing that God is doing very similar to what for all of their fathers. Remember that this is the whole nation of Israel that is brand new, that they either were too young or barely remember, or actually were born after and did not go through the Red Sea crossing at all. Majority of them probably did not go through the Red Sea crossing. And the oldest of oldest were probably like 10-year-olds or, or younger at that point, having gone through the Red Sea crossing. 
So you've got a lot of people in this group of Israelites left that have never seen God do this before. And very similar to how uh, he raised up Moses in front of everyone with this parting of the Red Sea. He's doing the same thing for uh, Joshua here. And so as Joshua's got full faith, we don't read anything in here where he's like, ah, I don't think this is going to happen. He's like, no, we're going to go. There's nothing in here that's saying, hey, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking this is going to be working out for us. How are we going to take your precious golden box that's ridiculously heavy that has to have these long poles uh, for multiple people to be able to carry it because it's so weighted down with gold and everything. We're going to get this across this massive river, this massive uh, overflowing flood times. This is the worst of the worst time as well. God's calling them to cross the river, not at the best time of the year, but at the worst time. The time when you think it's even more impossible, the God of impossible makes it possible. I want you to see that. Like, this is why this is so big that they uh, wrote this, that it was the harvest season when the Jordan was overflowing its banks. That it wasn't even for then the Jordan was much bigger than what we see, but even then it was much, much bigger having overflowed. It's the flood season, uh, which is quite normal. The Nile is very famous for this uh, in the flood uh, season for them. And that's why Egypt was so prosperous for so long and why uh, that civilization um, was one of very predominant ones back then was because of the consistent flood season of the Nile being able to provide and crops and uh, cattle and everything else to be able to provide for that society. Same thing here with the Jordan. Same thing here. And this is the time where it's the biggest. This is the time where you looking at it with in your earthly mind and your own ways of thinking and your own vision and your own heart and your own, I don't know how this is going to happen. God makes a way. Lean not on your own understanding. Again, this is a testament of faith today. This is a testament of faith. And understanding that God will do things on his precious timing. He will lift you up. He will confirm you in front of others. And he will do the impossible on his timing to make a way for what he's called you to do. When your feet hit that water. Because even though it doesn't look like you can do it, it doesn't look like you can get through it, it doesn't look like uh, you can handle the situation, it doesn't look like uh, that is uh, the direction you should be going in, but you know for some weird, crazy reason, God is calling you to do X, Y, Z, and you're like, that's not happening, no way, 
my boss is crazy. My wife or my husband ain't never going to let that happen. Whatever the situation is. And it's also at the worst time of the year. It's the worst season of uh, your life. It's the worst time in your relationship. It's the worst whatever it is. The moment your feet hit the water because of faith, because of going in the direction that God told you to go, regardless of you thinking it's going to work out, the moment your feet hit that water at the right time, God's going to make a way for you. God's going to make a way. And it's going to be in a miraculous way that you never thought were going to happen. I didn't think XYZ person was going to let me do it, but they did. I didn't under think that this was going on, but it made a way because God knows about everything going on at a bigger scale than you do. Lean not on your understanding and believing in the Lord. Lean not on your own understanding. And too often, that's what gets us Christians in like a weird rap with other people. They're like, you, you fools, you have, you're not thinking, you're not doing whatever. And like, no, I am thinking, I am thinking this is crazy. But there's too many times where my God has done something amazing when I thought it was crazy, that my God has come through when I thought it was impossible, that I thought this was never going to happen. This is not how it's going to go. I'm not called for this. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not strong enough. I'm not uh, gifted enough. Uh, I'm not talented enough. Uh, I'm not tall enough. I'm not short enough. Whatever the enough you don't think is there, God will say, Go, go forward, and the moment your feet hit that water, the thing, the situation, the person, the whatever it is that you are saying, I can't cross it because of this, I can't make it because of this, the moment your feet hit that water, God makes a way. God makes a way. God makes a way when you're not enough because God is enough. God makes a way. It's not a, that's the whole point. We think it's not possible because we think we're not enough. We think this, we think whatever. And it, and you may be right. I thought I was never going to get a master's. I'm not smart enough. I had terrible at school, whatever. I'm not smart enough, but guess what? When I stayed faithful, what God wants to do, I don't need to be enough because God makes me enough. God makes me uh, good enough. God makes a way when we don't think that there's a way. Understand, God is everything. Too many stories in this Bible where it says this person had nothing, but they had God. They had everything. When you have God, you have everything. It's okay. God is there. So today, you will know that the living God is among you. Every day, you should say that. Today, I know that the living God is among me. Today, I know that. 
whether he's made it known to others or not, whether he's opened the waters yet or not, no matter what, today I know that the living God is with me. So I, I say that that, I want you to take that with you today. No matter how you feel this Thursday, no matter how you feel for the weekend coming up, no matter how you feel for this summer, whether you're excited for it or you're, you think you're crazy lonely or whatever the situation may be, or you're just, uh, you're going through financial issues, health issues, marital issues, uh, no matter what is going on, whether it's positive or negative or somewhere in between, I want you to take this with you today you know God is with you. God is with you. And at his right time, he'll make a way. Let's pray. Father, we just love you so much. We thank you for all that you've done in our hearts and our lives. We thank you for um, miracles you have done, whether we've seen them or not, whether we live through them or not. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your word that teaches us, that encourages us, that inspires us, that uh, gives us direction, that uh, continues to shows us the way, which is you. Lord, we just thank you for the um, what we are learning today out of your word, that it is, it's all on your timing, Lord. May we just have faith on your timing. May we have faith on your callings, whether you've made it public or not. Lord, that is all on your timing of when to do that. May we sanctify ourselves today and know that the battle is yours and that we operate out of a place of victory that is yours because you've already won. Lord, we thank you for your son, Jesus, so that we can even have a relationship with you that he's taken all of that sin away so that we can draw near to you. Then we're made righteous by his blood. In Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen and amen. Have a blessed Thursday, everyone. I, I hope you just take that with you, that God is with you today. Know that. Enjoy it. Love you all. Take care. God bless. See you this weekend for church.